Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14, where I talk about 10 things that you should look out for when it comes to contractors. And it's not so much just bad experience, but just good, uh, good ways of doing business with them as well. So please stay tuned. And I think this would be some helpful information uh, that we all could learn. This is not just for your own, your tenants or, you know, units, uh, you know, if any of those of you that are real estate investors, this is also for people that have want work to be done within their personal homes as well. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. All right, so starting off from the top. So number one, be mindful of referrals from your property manager. You know, the, when he says, I got a guy. So this is towards, you know, real estate investors. So not to say every time somebody says they got a guy, it is, you know, oh man, let me, let me brace myself. But do not let your property manager have his guy go out there and do the job on the spot, whatever the repair is. Always make sure that you get a quote first couple reasons for one what i learned personally it was that the guy would go out there he would quick he would do the fix really quick but he would upcharge me i mean at least two times what the job was but it was done fast and so i feel like and this is my from my experience if it is not something that is detrimental to the tenant's health um, habitability then hey let's get some quotes let's 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 shop around a bit because you may be charging me, your guy may be charging me $800. Really, I could probably get somebody to do it for 400. So something to keep in mind, don't be so quick to just let, you know, your property manager's guy go ahead and take care of it. He may be able to get him on the scene faster. So take that opportunity to say, hey, I will at least like a quote and to get an assessment of what is really going on. Because what the tenant may submit as you know, some, some people have portals, right? Some tenants have portals where they can submit a trouble ticket. What they may sum, submit may not be totally true because obviously they're not, they're not a contractor, they're not an electrician, they're not a plumber. They may not know in detail what exactly is going on. They just may say or see, oh, the, the, the wall is wet and it's, it's softening. And really there's a leak coming up from the upstairs tub trickling down to the downstairs kitchen. So number two, do not pay more than 50% down for down payment. This is a huge because a lot of people, they, you know, a, a contractor would say, hey, it's a $4,000 job. I need $3,800. I need $3,800 up front, right? They could take the $3,800 from you and just walk away. And now they made $3,800 for free. Vice, 
you know, putting 25% down, 40% down, I recommend that you do that. Or what you could do, and this works for projects that last, you know, two, three, four weeks, I would say three to three weeks plus, where you pay them based off of milestones each week. So, hey, this week, you paint the lobby, I pay you $400. Week two, you paint the stairs, I give you $200. Week three, you painted the closet, I pay you $100. And so with that, you break it down in increments. Now, that example I just gave you was kind of a soft example because what you really want to do is you want to leave most of the work at the end of the job. So really it would be like 20% of the job of the payment will come up and then another 20% and then leave the other 60% on the back end of what's work left. Because if you only have like 10%, you know, cause the example I just said was a closet, right? That's small. They could just bounce off because you're, they already got 80%, 90% of the money. You know, the other 10% is not really worth their time because they probably have another job waiting on them. So if you have a bigger project, that's going to take weeks, I would recommend doing it in increments because it, it, it gives them an incentive and to keep going and they didn't just get 70 80 percent down and they really have no motivation to really get the job done efficiently fast and uh being being mindful of the mess they're leaving behind as well uh so three for these big projects this is number three for these big projects or for projects that just may take days periodically check up on the project this is not micromanaging this is protecting your asset and ensuring that they do not go too far into the job before you have to correct them. And when I say asset, property, or it could be the home that you live in um, as well is what was also what I'm referring to. You check up on it, see what's going on with it, ask questions, be inquisitive and intrusive so you can have a better understanding of what is going on with that. Because at, you were, you know, you were very clear, hey, this is what I want. And so for you to check up on it two days later and see where they're going at, I had I had the same situation where I did a walkthrough of my contract, exactly what I wanted, very clear on my words and what I wanted. And I checked up on the property about three, four, the project about three, four days later, called him up and was like, hey, this is not what we talked about. I wanted the, I wanted him to float the wall. So the wall had a bunch of bumps around it, ripples for whatever reason, oh, for repairs from earlier, you know, the, the wall being repaired in the past. So I wanted him to float it. Floating a wall means you pretty much are sanding down all the ripples or any old repairs. And then you're putting down a new, pretty much new, uh, mi a new mix to mesh in with the, um, with the rest of the drywall. And it gives it a, a clean finished look. This, if, so depending for those of you that are interested in something like that, I would not recommend it if you have to do it throughout the whole house. Just put another drywall over the drywall that already exists and it'll be fine. But if this this patch work throughout the apartment or wherever you're, you know, you're trying to do a paint job, it's worth to have it floated to give it that clean look. That way everything looks pretty even and you're saving money. You're not buying completely new drywall. And it's very time consuming, by the way, if you try to float a lot, uh, a lot of walls. So number four, uh, be clear on the job you want. Do your research on what you're asking to ensure you are giving clear direction and to make sure you are not being taken advantage of. So this is huge because this goes back to about talking to my contractor about the wall not being floated like I had asked. I did research on what, you know, painting. It's not just, you know, rolling up a wall 
of paint and calling it a day, especially if you have a home that, you know, needs some, some TLC to it. Better, better example, actually, because with that, that was kind of a easy, quick fix misunderstanding that actually he ended up, I ended up having to pay him more because of more things that were identified. But I would say this is a better example of making sure that you don't get taken advantage of. I had the duplex that we have. I wanted, we wanted to remodel the two, the one of the two bedrooms. And the first thing that had to get taken care of was the kitchen. So I was like, Hey, I want you to resurface the cabinets. I don't want new cabinets. I want you to resurface them. Oh no. You know, contractor. Oh no. We need to take those things down. Look at them. You know, they look like crap. And I'm just like, he's like, I would never lie to you. And I'm just like, no, I've done my research. I've resurfaced cabinets before. I know that you can, those are resurfaced, you know, you're able to resurface those. And come to find out when we had got a different contractor, they, they were, we, they got resurfaced, they look great. And so for those of you that talk about cabinets, right? You don't have to, if, if they're outdated, you don't have to get, you know, old new cap or even a little bit of damage, right? You don't have to get hold all new cabinets. You can just take the doors off, paint the inside, paint the doors, put new door handles on them. And then, you know, voila, they look like new cabinets. So you don't have to, and it, obviously, right, it's a little time that you have to put into where you're paying somebody to do it yourself, but you could really do resurface your own cabinets for under 500 bucks. You really could. If, if I was y'all look that up on YouTube on how to do that between resurfacing your cabinets and you actually people resurfacing their uh, countertops as well. So number five, have a due date and for the job and stick to it. So this is really big because before I try to do a project that would last a while, I try to be very clear. Hey, are you going to be juggling other jobs? Because if you are, I'm good. I'll, I'll find somebody else because what I don't want is I don't want somebody trying to juggle my job and something else. And then the attention to detail that I require and need on my project is not, is not given. I need you, especially whoever the con contractor is. Cause for a lot of contractors, especially for big projects, what they do is, they are, you know, they know how to do a lot of things, but they're not a master at, you know, everything. So, hey, yeah, the contractor may know how to build a cabinet or, you know, resurface a wall. I mean, a, you know, resurface a cabinet or, or float a wall, but they may not know how to plumb. They may not know how to, they're not an electrician, right? So they contract out. So they, so what that happens is being that they'll, what they'll do is, I mean, I'm a contractor, electrician, contractor, plumber. I'm going to go and do this other job that require that I know how to do while I contract that other stuff out. So that's what they kind of do, right? They kind of double tap so that they can, you know, do two jobs at the same time. I don't like that because what happens is when I had one guy that was juggling jobs, he wasn't able to inspect the um, them fixing the drywall before they painted. So they the guys told him, oh, we're good. So he just took their word for it. So, oh, okay, they were good. Start painting. And so since he wasn't on site, making sure step by step things were getting done properly, we had to stop painting and go back and, you know, fix the things that I needed. So number six, seek a company for big projects and sm for smaller projects. I would, it's okay to have that one man contractor. And so this is kind of, something that y'all really should really, <laughs> really has bit me in the butt. And I think a lot of people in the butt. And so also too, when it comes to big projects, this is kind of my criteria. 
if it's a repair or installation that affects the habitability of either where I live or my tenants, I want a company. I want somebody, I want to be able to call somebody and it wasn't, if the person that did the job wasn't available, I can call a, the human resources desk. I can call the dispatch. I can call his coworker, his boss. I can get a warranty on the things that were done. If I had a lot of times when you get this one man to do it and he's got his friends, something could be jacked up. And then now you're trying to chase this dude down, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, LLC contracted LLC, you're trying to chase him down. He's got one phone number and you can't get the rest of the things that you need to get done or get it fixed. If I have a company for these big projects, like the water heaters that I had gotten done, it's a $10,000 job. I'm not really trying to have somebody finagling with that saying, I got a guy that could do it. And there's three water heaters I need to install. I'm not trying to have somebody that's going to finagle and say, I got it. Somebody else knows how, that kind of knows how to do it. And then this is all, and this is big because this is something that was, had to be, I had to get a permit and had to be inspected by the city. So I don't, I want a company, right? I want a company I can con consistently call out. And if the, if the city said, Hey, you fail, I could call that person or call the company and they will send somebody out. Not, Oh, when the guy is free, because he's probably already on another job. So now it's a hassle trying to get that guy to come back out to fix the things that he did versus the company, right? They have a, they're reputable. They want to be reputable. They're going to come out, do what they got to do. A lot of contractors are, you know, pretty much pump and dump, do, do one job with that person and then they move on. They don't have the business concept of keeping the clients. Uh, and it, it, it seems to work for, for some reason. It seems to work. There's enough work in, in the area I live in when somebody can do business with somebody, somebody one time and they can keep pushing to the next person and really not have had a good experience with that last person. But they already got paid, so on to the next. So just something to think about. Big projects, things that affect habitability, like for me, plumbing, for me, um, electricity, the water heater situation. Those are things where I would say, hey, get a, get a company for a paint job, get a one guy to do it, it'll be okay. If he messes up on a few things, his paint, you could probably do it yourself. Number seven, never take the first quote. So find a few contractors. I would say get up to at least three quotes. And um, the reason why I say this is because you, you're gonna do, if I was you do price comparison, just it's the same concept when you have stores that will price do price comparisons. You go to Walmart, it's fifteen dollars, and then you go to Exchange, and they'll you know it's, it's seventeen, and you'll say, "Hey, Walmart has it for fifteen. Okay, we dropped the price." Same thing with the contractors. Okay, one contract says a thousand, one contract says twelve hundred, the other one says you know eight hundred. I'm gonna go with that eight hundred dollar guy. If you know now, now within reason sometimes you get what you pay for so definitely do your research and reviews on that person if they have if they're on yelp and stuff like that but usually in my experience you know 150 dollars less 200 less doesn't mean his quality is um so far worse than the thousand dollar guy maybe the 1200 guy but not the thousand dollar guy which would be the middleman so if you worried about quality and you got the 800 the thousand the 1200 guy Go with the thousand dollar guy and the middle guy. So number eight, when you get the quote, make sure it's itemized. So this is huge because some contractors just like to mix everything. So if I say I want to get um, drywall fixed, I want painting and I want lights installed 
they will jumble say, all right, everything for $2,000. Okay. Well, I actually feel like three different things. Um, can you break this down? How much does it cost to install the light fixtures? How much does it cost to paint? How much does it cost to fix the closet and the toilet? These are all three different, you know, three different things and they require materials. So break down to me, what is the late, how much labor will cost? How much will materials cost? And so one thing that I would, this kind of goes into number nine, which is I recommend that you pay for your own materials so you can save money. Because what happens is contractors will upcharge you. If paint costs $50 when you bought it, it's probably gonna cost 80 bucks when you tell him that, him or her to do it. So please make sure, look at when they get that itemized list, a quote, look at how much materials they need Go and see how much you would have bought, you know, you're going to pay for it if you went to Home Depot or actual paint store, uh, more actual, you know, appliance store versus letting them get it. So that's definitely, a, that was going to save you hundreds of dollars, by the way. And for uh, for those that are in the military, I know Home Depot and Lowe's, you're able to, if you can, um, if you sign up, you can uh, get military discounts. So I think I saved like 10% off on things that I buy from Lowe's Home Depot by typing in my um, phone number. So number 10, inspect before you pay. So this is a huge thing that I had to learn the hard way. And, you know, just from a contractor sending send me pictures, right? They send me pictures and it looks great. I'm like, all right, cool. Send the money, boom. I go there in person, I'm just like, what the heck is this? What, this is nothing like what I saw in the picture or the picture was kind of like angled at a particular way they didn't show the fine details. And so once I gave the contractor the money, when I told him that he, he needed to come back, um, he, he never heard from the dude again. I was actually able to get my materials from him. But again, like that was poor judgment on me. That was a, a mistake I made. And I would say for y'all, just definitely don't do something like that. Because again, it goes back to the incentive. What incentive do they have to go back and fix it if you already paid for the, for the, for the whole service? They're not nine times out of 10, they're not going to come back. And at least in my experience from what I've seen. So always inspect. Um, it's, hey, this is, you're paying good money. And so one thing too, that I've learned when it comes to um, having properties, whether it's in nicer areas or lower income areas, I've noticed that contractors base their effort that they put into the project based off of where the house is located. So if it's in a lower income area, they're like, eh, you know, it's a lower income area. The kind of people that be here is not going to appreciate it. Don't ever let a contractor dictate. And this is for, I guess, investors, right? Or even if you have your own, your own, you have a primary home that's in an area that people would say like, uh, it's, you know, this is kind of a wag area. Like, let me just hash behind it. Don't ever let a contractor dictate the type of quality that they will provide, especially when you are paying them the same amount of money that you would have paid them had you lived in a better or nice neighborhood. If I'm paying you seven grand, I want seven grand quality. Uh, so definitely check your contractors on that because I've noticed that that is definitely an attitude that they take, especially too, if they find out that you are not going to live there. So they're just like, you know, the, the person that's paying me is not even gonna live here. So why should they care so much? You, you're paying good money. So I want good work. Also too, there's people that are gonna be living here. So why would they not want a decent place to live? They notice some of the same things that you may notice as well. Hey, I noticed that on this, you know, with the uh, floor in here, there's no shoe molding. Something, something's off. It looks kind of naked here near the stairs. Oh, there's no shoe molding. Oh, I noticed that when they painted the banister on the stairs, 
you know, it looks like some paint dripped on, on the actual stairs and the banister's brown, the stairs are white. You know, these are things that they notice, um, that a tenant will notice that obviously you would notice if you live there. And so that's something that I think y'all should definitely um, take into consideration. I think that's a, I think deep down, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine because it kind of goes back to uh, some stereotypes that I'm not really a big fan of. And I think when it comes to, I think when it comes to quality, I'm really big on quality and I'm really big on doing right um, by others because when it comes to owning property, you are, you are ensuring that they are safe and that they live in some place that would make them feel good. So to, you know, half behind it, I think it's kind of insulting and it's really belittling. So, but off my soapbox about that. And so the bonus tip is when you get the quote and you have it itemized, look what you can do to save money. So one thing what I do is, and so here's the thing too. So in order to you, to make sure that you have a good relationship with the contractors, when you get this quote, because you're going to end up doing what I'm about to tell you to do. If you're going to ask a contractor to come out with you and you have multiple things you need to look at, I would recommend that you at least give them, Hey, for $50, 50, you know, for an hour of your time, I give you 50 bucks, something like that. Because what you're going to end up doing is when you, when you, they do this walkthrough and they go through everything that they said they're going to do, start looking at what you could do yourself. And so that's going to knock off hundreds of dollars. But the fact that you paid them the $50 to, Hey, just thanks for your time. That it shows that's you paying it forward. So good example, contractor breaks everything down. Hey, this is how much for paint. This is how much for plumbing. This is how much to, you know, re, uh, reglaze the tub. And so, okay, great. Uh, hey, my toilet's leaking. I need to get fixed. Well, that'd be $200. Okay, well, I only paid $100 for the, for the toilet. So I'll fix that myself. All right, well, to put down flooring, you know, $450. Hmm. Well, the materials is like 40 bucks and it's literally going to take me like an hour and a half to do it which is a small part of my weekend. I think I'll do that myself too. So now you done knocked off $650 that would probably take you two hours to do. So start start uh, process, processing in your head or take the time, you know, after you get all the quote, obviously you're gonna take, say, hey, contractor, give me about a day, let me look over everything and starts looking at things that you could do yourself. Uh, YouTube, for those of you like, hey, I'm not handy. YouTube is a beast. Um, that's how I was able to identify certain things that, I couldn't figure out what was wrong just by, you know, just by looking at it, I couldn't tell what was wrong. YouTube has helped me on certain things to, that I was able to fix myself and save me hundreds of dollars. Yes, it is. You do save money when you have other people do it. But I do believe that when it comes to when you are either getting overpriced, which right now contractors are upcharging because it's supply and demand, the, the real estate market in general is really is doing very well right now. And there is a lot of work for contractors. So they have the opportunity instead of charging at $1,500, they're probably gonna charge 17 or $1,800. So that's where you kind of have to start getting a little, you know, economically smart and just identify, okay, what could I probably do myself here? Because in six, seven months from now, when the market, which I believe when the market is gonna go down, this contract is not gonna be charging this much. And I'm gonna wish I would, you know, went another way about it so that's my 10 things plus the bonus on when it comes to contractors how to do business with them 
it's not so much watching out from them, you know, what they're going to do bad to you, but it's also about conducting business with them as well to give them the warm and fuzzy because they are also taking the gamble on you. If you giving 50% down or 40% down, they still are relying on that other 60%. So you also have to ensure that you give them that warm and fuzzy as well. Unfortunately though, in most stories, it is about how a contractor did somebody dirty. But there are people out there that have done contractors dirty as well. Keep in mind too, I get one way that I've learned that you can't protect yourself. Uh, there, was, there was a situation where somebody did listen to a podcast where somebody gave a contract about $5,000 to do something. He, he paid for, he paid for 80% of it uh, down and the dude ran off and he never heard from the guy again. What he did was he put a lien on his house. So what that is was when he put a lien on his house, you know, you had to go to court or whatever, show proof of, you know, him paying the guy, uh, found the guy, you know. And so what they did, what the court did was when they put a lien on the, on the contractor's house, years later, he tried to sell the house, but he was unable to sell it until all liens are paid off. So when he sold the house, the guy got his $5,000 back from selling the house, from the contractor selling the house. So he definitely, yeah, he got that $5,000 check. Um, so that is something you could do if you're really, if you really feel like you got screwed and you want to chase that person down, to be honest with you, there's a couple of times where I kind of got, you know, sque screwed out of like maybe a hundred dollars or $50. And I'm just like, whatever, I'm not going to find this guy, but I will write a bad review on Yelp or the uh, business bureau. Um, but if it's like thousands of dollars, then yeah, for sure. Put a lien on on anything that they own uh, to stop to, so that you can ensure you get your money back. It may be years later, but at least they will not do this to somebody else. I think a lot of people in the, when it comes to integrity, especially in this business, they, it's a lot of what I can get away with, or people are not only, people are only going to take serious what you take, what you are going to hold them accountable to. So when it comes to these contractors, it is a two-way relationship, but it, it is something you do have to make sure you are holding them accountable. Do not be afraid to speak up on what you feel like is wrong. It's not done right, or that you will do it later. Um, unless it's just like, it's so minuscule, like, you know, they sprayed paint and a little bit got on the doorknob. Okay, it's nothing to make an argument about. Now, if they sprayed paint and they got it all over the cabinets and they walk away and say, job done, that is something to have a discussion about. So I hope that this was helpful. And as I continue to learn about building relationships and working with contractors, I will continue to, I will do another video and slash episode about this.